Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I am going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. How's it going? Doing pretty well, Adam. Good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, it's good to have you along, man. Uh, I connected with you on Podmatch, if I remember correctly, and uh, saw the title of your book, Date Your Clients. And I immediately knew that you were somebody I needed to talk to because um, this concept of dating your clients, I tell people all the time that that business relationships are no different than dating relationships. And so hundred um, percent, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm interested to unpack this, this concept with you a little bit further this morning. So why don't you first tell us just a little bit about who you are, what you do and how you came up with this, this concept about dating your clients. Oh gosh. So, so my background, Adam is so bizarre. I wouldn't even bore everybody with all the details, but, uh, I'm actually the owner of a, um, marketing and advertising agency here based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And our primary client base is um, e-commerce businesses, mostly in the health and beauty space. But we've got people outside of that as well. But the concept of the book, funny enough, actually started in a conversation with a client. And in this conversation with the client, she was making some very broad brush assumptions about her TV campaigns and so on, things we weren't managing, by the way. So I don't want to make it sound like she was upset with our work, <laughs> but she was making some pretty big assumptions. And and I'm sitting in her conference room and I said, you know, I, I just want to throttle this back. Like, I, I think you're making some pretty, pretty big assumptions um, for what is a you know, not as big of a deal. Like I said, as an example, like you're, you're saying things like TV doesn't work. Like, but in fact, it's not TV that's not working because TV's only job is to get people to your website. Right. Like now your website has to do the lifting to actually convert and educate people. And, and she's like, oh, but it's not converting. So the TV's not working. I'm like, okay, but again, <laughs> your traffic is there, but what you're missing is the conversion. I'm like your website's bad. Like we need to fix the website. Mm -hmm. I said, if you can't fix the website, there's no point in complaining about TV. I said, I would never drive traffic to a website like yours because it would be a waste of leads. So we got talking and she just wasn't there with me. And I'm like, you know, it's think of it this way. It's kind of like an online dating profile. Okay. The whole goal of the dating profile is to create intrigue, right? I want to use my best pictures. I want to tell you enough about me so that you'll look into me a little bit further. I said, the entire goal of that profile is nothing more than to make them swipe right. You know, and, and she, she, she was like, oh, I get it. I get it. I'm like, you know what? Tell you what, I'm going to go back to my office and I'm going to, I'm going to just put all this in writing because you're a person who likes to process this in your own time. Like rather than us having this conversation in, 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 you know, synchronous communication, how about if I go ahead and put this in an email and when I finish this in an email, you can have some time to digest it and then we'll, we'll reconvene 
And after we reconvene on this, maybe that'll all make more sense. And she's like, I get it. That's fine. So I went back to my office. I started writing. And I'm like, okay, so your, your entire goal here is to create this, this, this profile that makes them swipe right, which, by the way, is the name of chapter one. So the make them swipe right. I'm like, all right, that's what I need to do. And then after I get them to swipe right, then I need to be able to create value. And now I need to get that first date. And I think it's this evolution of me walking her through what a consumer experience looks like. Um, I, I laughingly wrote a book. And that's, that's a true story. This email <laughs> turned into a book. Um, and then it just kind of became a joke because the truth of the matter is, is it's, it's true. And you made a comment earlier in your introduction about business relationships and personal relationships aren't that different. And I, I tell people, you know, I've dated a lot of, of, a lot of humans and I've done business with a lot of humans. And the reality is, is the common denominator is everyone is human mm -hmm. and the same emotions and the same fears and the same, uh, the same insecurities, the same communication styles, they're consistent amongst all relationships in our lives. And yet I watch so many entrepreneurs every day, clients of mine, prospective clients, and, and they're, they're looking for another Instagram feed to teach them how to be a better entrepreneur. Right. And they're reading the next self-help book and no offense, but trying to listen to the next podcast, right? They're trying to, trying to do all of these things to figure out how to do this and my contention is you you know how to do it, but you're distrusting your instincts. Mm, yeah. And if you pay attention to to the, the things you already know and make your decisions based on those things, then stop stop trying to overthink this stuff. Like it's a, it's more intuitive than you give it credit for. Yeah. I can't agree with you more. Uh, I, I'm absolutely there with you hundred percent. I think most people ignore those, those instincts that they have as entrepreneurs that got them to where they are to start that business in the first place. Um, but you know, there's a fine balance, right? Like I, I love reading books. I love listening to podcasts. I love collecting knowledge, right? But there's, there's a balance between over collecting knowledge and, executing on what you already know needs to happen. And I personally, for one, I'm going to thank you here because as a fellow leader of a marketing agency, as a fellow marketer, um, I think there needs to be more people like you and I that are willing to be that direct and, and blunt with people. Um, because there, there's too much snake oil out there. And the reality of website design is that it's an act of conversion rate optimization. It's not about, it's not a graphic design, right? I mean, yes, you want your website to look great, right? But uh, I love how you you actually pointed it out in the first book uh, of, or I'm sorry, the first chapter of your book that pretty pictures have never motivated you to take money out of your wallet, right? And so that it's it's true. It's absolutely true. And I tell people that all the time. Pretty websites don't convert. It's It's the words on the website that matter. Well, and the thing is, I mean, it needs to it needs to absolutely represent well. And I try to tell my clients that, you know, and I think that's actually in chapter one, too. If you look cheap, you are cheap. Yeah. You know, and you know, you're trying to get your website built by your nephew in his parents' basement, <laughs> you know, because he'll uh, do it for cheaper than a professional. And you know what? That That's the result you get. I would like. That, that's what you get. You get pay for in this world. I would like to be able to say that that is tongue in cheek, uh, but it's, it's actually true. I mean, I, I'm sure you run into that as often as I do, where people are like, uh, who, who, who built your website? Oh, my, my, uh, cousins, nephews, whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. happens all the time. Um, 
So let's uh, let's talk about the content of your book, all right? Because I want you to take us through this journey of understanding how the relationship works uh, and why it's so important to look at business relationships like dating. So you've kind of your your three three of your chapters in your book are the first date, meeting the family, and the and the first fight. Can you maybe walk us walk us through those? I want to understand the cycles here. Uh, that you're laying out for this relationship. So what's the first date all about? And why is that important in our understanding of dating our clients? So the chapter in the first date is actually talking about the power of a first impression um, and and using these elements that we understand intuitively from dating. I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I made the comment about, you know, when I go on a first date, you know, I assume that that's the best she's ever going to look. Yeah. Right. right. Because intuitively, we know that on first dates, you wear your best outfit, you spend an extra half hour getting ready, you pay attention to some of the finer details um, and and you do these things. And I mean, going through that chapter, I mean, we laughingly go through what women go through on a first date versus what men go through on a first date and so on and so forth. And, you know, in a little bit of a snarky tone, as you've picked up from the book itself. I love it. Because I don't think I don't <laughs> think business books need to be boring. I agree. Um, but the reality is, is that we go through that first impression. And there's uh, the phrase that I use frequently in that chapter is there's power in preparation. Mm-hmm. And the more prepared you are for a moment, the, the more likely you are to excel in it. And in to that end, um, what we're looking at in that in that chapter is you you know to do that on a first date, right? Because the goal of the first date is to get a second date. The goal of the first date is not to buy a ring. It's to get a second right. date. So everything yes. you do in that first date is setting you up for date number two, right? It's a courtship process. And yet one of the things I would argue about is that when I'm dealing with business relationships, when you have a first impression to make with a new client, most people just come to work and do their job because to them it's Tuesday, mm-hmm. right? To them, it's just another day at the office, but to your client, it's the first time they've ever met you. Yeah, It's the first phone call they've ever had with you. It's the first video conference. Did you, did you stage what's behind you on a Zoom call? Did you, did you do those things? Because the client notices them and the client wants to know they mattered enough for you to take the extra time to prepare. Um, you know, one of my one of my pet peeves, like don't mispronounce a person's name or or not understand their website or, or not. I mean, yeah. may take the time. Let that person know you took the time, because like I said, if she shows up on a first date and looks like a train wreck, I'm not interested in date number two because you didn't even respect me enough to try. And and I think that matters. You talk about meeting the family being another, you know, and I, I laughingly say this one because I've had some of these interesting experiences. But the the meeting the family, one of my one of my takeaways from this from a from a personal standpoint is we all know what it's like to, you know, feel like you found the one, but then you go to a family function and you're like, oh Lord, what just happened? Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is either dysfunctional or maybe you feel like you're an outsider, whatever whatever happens in that situation. If the parents don't love you, you've got extra work to do mm-hmm. is what it boils down to because you're marrying the whole family. Yeah. And one of the one of the takeaways that I take from that from a business perspective is there's times that you meet one person in the organization. I remember a time that I got in tight with a COO of a company and I was like, well, this is the COO, right? He's he's 100 percent in with whatever goes on. We get all the way down to contracts. 
And then he says, well, let's have you come to the office. I'd love for you to meet the CEO and meet the other members of our decision-making committee. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we already made a decision. Like, why am I so behind on this information? Like, (laughs) what just happened? And and the meeting, the family side of that is be ready to impress everybody. Mm -hmm. Because just because you're in with one person doesn't mean you're in with everyone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the game completely changes at that point. And then you find out the person you thought you were with is a very different person mm-hmm. when all of these other personalities are around. Yeah. Um, and that's it's true in business, too. Right. And we have a tendency to get really frustrated with it. But it's no different than meeting the family. The same thing happens. And then you, I'll, I'll keep going because you mentioned that third chapter, the first fight, which is probably my favorite chapter in the entire book. Um, and I'll tell you the reason for it is because I think there's so much, so much to be had in that. But the book wrote it, the, that chapter wrote itself from a from a meme that I had seen of all things. OK. And I'll, I'll tell you the story. The meme itself was a picture of a World War Two fighter pilot uh, or a plane with a pilot. And and it was showing all of the areas of the plane that were just demolished before it got back to base. So the British military got together and said, well, we need to reinforce the plane in all of the areas that it got hit so bad. So because that's the area that it's likely to get hit. So let's reinforce those areas on the rest of the planes. And one engineer spoke up and he said, no, 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 no. The areas that the plane got hit and made it back means that those are the areas that the aircraft can withstand fire and still survive. The areas that it didn't get hit are probably the inverse of the planes that didn't come back. Yeah. He's like, we need to reinforce the areas that didn't get hit on these planes because likely those are the areas that killed the others. And it was like, wow, like that's so powerful to me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, that isn't that so true. And when the first fight happens in any relationship or any fight, really, and take this into personal consideration as well as business, when the first fight happens or when any fight happens, what, what, what is our go-to? We focus on the problem. Mm-hmm. We focus on the areas that got hit. And yet the areas that got hit still keep us in the air. It's the areas that, that we're strong that hold us together. Those are the areas that bring us back to base alive. And, and in, the, in that chapter, we really go into the conversation about when you're in the middle of a disagreement, Focus on the things you agree on more. You know, focus on the things that that keep you together. When, when you and your client at your agency don't agree on something, remind them that the reason they hired you is because you don't have the same opinion. You bring diversity. Remind them that, that you have a lot in common. They hired you for a reason. Go back and memorialize the ways that you guys did great work together even up until this disagreement, right? you know, and likewise, you're, you're talking to your girlfriend, talking to your wife, and you get into a huge fight about something, we tend to stop and look at that item and can't get over it. And the reality is, is you're together for a reason, right? Something, something works. Yeah. Realign amongst those things. Yeah, absolutely. And before you're going to spend too much time focusing on the one thing that causes this, this rift, Stop and focus on the five things that work well. Um, and I love that way of arguing because it's really hard to picture your partner as the adversary when you realize you're more alike than not. Mm-hmm.
And the same with clients. We're on the same team. We may disagree on something, but ultimately we have the same goal. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I love that concept, Mark. Um, I want to unpack it a little bit further, but before we do, uh, we're due for a break. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. This is the end of side one of the podcast. To continue listening, flip the podcast over and continue on side two. If you understood that reference, you remember a time when people were engaged with each other. They knew what was going on all over town. They knew who the neighbors were, and sometimes they were even friendly with them. While times might have changed, people haven't. People simply found new ways of engaging and came to expect that engagement on demand. Is it possible that you can engage on demand with your business without being glued to a screen? It can be. Prevent your leads from stalling out or falling through and keep your existing customer relationships from going stale with Breacher CRM. Whether you're starting, growing, or scaling a business, we have plans to fit your needs. Go to BreacherCRM.com. Breacher, the first guy to open the door, CRM.com. All right, I'm back with Mark. Uh, Mark, we were just unpacking this concept of uh, the first fight. Right. And that as one of the chapters of your book. And what I love about that is the concept that you have about focusing on what actually keeps you aligned. Where where are your strengths? Right. And as I I like to look at it this way, Um, if one of us, you know, like you said, our clients come to us because we have a difference of perspective, because we can look at things in a different way. Uh, The reality is then if we agree on everything, then one of us isn't necessary ultimately. And so I, I love that concept, that idea of, of aligning on the things that we, we know to be uh, in alignment with each other. Uh, and maybe those things are just simply that we have a differing perspective. Um, and the reality is there's always going to be disagreements in any customer client relationship right? It's, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's not one of those things that you have the luxury as a business owner of glossing over and saying, oh, not me. That's never going to happen. That's never going to happen to us. Um, wh- what I'm curious about though, uh, and, and I want to take actually a step back to the chapter we were talking about in reference to meeting the family, because we, we kind of ran through that real quick. Uh, but I wanted to ask you specifically about that. How does that then relate to your client meeting the rest of your team. Is that, um, is that kind of the goal that we're after here is to make sure that there's some continuity in, uh, your team and in their approach and the mission and and vision that you have being consistent in how it's portrayed to the client. You know what? I love that question, Adam. And it's the first time someone's ever asked me that because we talk about, us meeting the rest of the client's team, but you're absolutely correct. It's not just me meeting her family. It's her meeting mine, yeah. which I avoid at all costs. But <laughs> the the idea is that, yes, there needs to be that consistency. There needs to be that voice. And one of the highest compliments that anybody pays to me, because I know my vision for my business. I know my vision for my clients. I know the quality that I want to portray. and it And it's unnerving to think about letting a client loose with my own staff because there's always that, are they doing what I would do? Yeah. Fear. Right. Um, 
and and in that respect um the answer is yes and it's um, i mean i love that my staff does i mean our team does a great job outside of there and i love when the greatest thing that can happen in my day is when someone from my team is able to to follow through and deliver something to a client without my involvement yes but that that is my greatest day like when something goes well and i wasn't part of it and that seems counterintuitive because so many people on my team for instance will you know, we'll feel like, well, Mark wants to be involved. You know, we've got to get his opinion and so on and so forth. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want to be right all the time. I don't want to be the person who has to deliver all the things to the client. I don't want Tell to be that. I just say not show up to work. Like, <laughs> I, I want you guys to be able to function autonomously without me in the conversation. I want you to come up with ideas that, that I didn't think of. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want that to happen. Um, and yet it's a, it's a, it's a balancing act. Because if you give people the autonomy to do it, they also have to have the autonomy to fail. Mm-hmm. And imagine the case that, you know, you went out to dinner with your girlfriend's parents and she wasn't there. Um, you know, and, yeah. and that's where this meeting the family thing comes in. And that is, imagine the case. And I remember situations that if I was dating a girl and I was nervous about her spending time with my family without me around, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like that's a problem because she and I ought to be so aligned that it doesn't matter. Right. And I'm comfortable that she's spending time there and not embarrassing me. Um, and that goes, the same thing goes in your professional life. Like my staff should be able to manage a conversation as I would, Yeah, you know, maybe not with the same background, not with the same knowledge, but they should be able to deliver the goal. And it's something I'm very proud of here. And that is I get clients on a regular basis letting me know just how thrilled they are with this team. Just, oh my gosh, you guys, how do you find just the best people out there and so on and so forth? And they're just so happy with the deliverable. And we fail regularly. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, we 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 do things that that need correction. I mean, it's, we're humans, right? Like our agency isn't perfect and I'm not trying to make it sound like it is. We make mistakes. But as a team, our clients love us. And that's flattering. Yeah. And to your point about, you know, giving that, that latitude means that there's going to be failure. I I actually find, uh, personally, in my opinion, this is, and this is kind of a, a rabbit trail from the focus of conversation on your book here, but I actually find that it's actually really beneficial to let my team fail sometimes, even when I see it coming, to allow that failure to happen uh, in certain cases because they learn more from their own failure than they do from being corrected prior to that failure occurring. Um, and, and and it's some people might say that that's cruel leadership, but I'm not saying major failures here. I'm saying things that maybe don't have a detrimental impact, but uh, w- will have some sort of a negative connotation to them that they go, oh, Shoot, I shouldn't have done that that way. That was a that was a poor decision. And drawing the drawing the correlations between business relationships and other relationships, I mean it's it's no different than raising a child, right? You'll you'll let a child make basic mistakes, but you wouldn't let a child try arsenic for the first time. Right. Right? Yes. There's, there's, yes. I mean, you wouldn't allow that, but at some point like the kid wants to touch the oven door when the door is hot, right? Touch it. Learn your lesson. Yeah. Like you're, you're never going to do that again, but I'm not going to let you stuff your hand down the garbage disposal. <laughs> right. Like, 
I'm drawing the line yes. somewhere. Um, and it's no different. Like you said, like letting, letting team members make mistakes, but not mistakes that have a, a drastic or, or a substantial negative impact on our business or the clients so that they can learn them. Like let, let that happen. And I've, you know, I try to give people that type of uh, latitude um, as long as it's not hurting the client. Yeah. Right. That's some, sometimes I'll even walk through our warehouse and watch people pack in a box and I'm like, it's not going to work, but you're going to have to figure that out. Cause I can't stop and fix it. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to have to figure out that something that silly, like you're never going to fit that many items in that box, but you're convinced you are. So you do you, cause it's just going to cost a half hour worth of labor, but hopefully it never does again. Right. right. Like those are minor, minor things. Um, but when it comes to we're doing an email blast for a client's campaign, you better damn well make sure the spelling's all correct. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> because we don't get a second chance at that. Right. It's it's gone. Yeah. Uh, la- last question I have for you here is we've only got a few minutes left, Mark, but um, I- I'm actually in the process of writing a book of my own right now. And as I've been outlining oh, my book, thank you. As I've been outlining my book, I've been finding that I can't make it as exhaustive as I want to. I have to leave some things out, right? And so I'm going to assume that you encountered the same thing with your book. Um, And there are things that I've had to leave on the cutting room floor that I'm like, oh, but that would have really been great in there. But in order to make this book the length it needs to be and as concise as it needs to be, it has to go. So let me ask you, what did you leave on the cutting room floor from this book that might be a value for our audience to hear? So we had, when, when the, when the book was outlined, I actually sat with a couple members of my team and we actually figured out because again, that as you've, as you've already learned and, and tipped your hat to, to the audience, you know, the chapters are make them swipe right and finding your type and, um, you know, left on red and those types of things. Like they're all snarky kind of, kind of chapter titles. So when I sat with a couple members of my team, we really sat with a whiteboard and came up with what is every step in a dating relationship? And we went through, you know, the first date and there's the fights and there's the, the, the walk of shame and, and all of these different things the related to dating. Letter. And we came up with like, 20, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the left on red. Okay. The, uh, and, and left on red, you're familiar with that from a dating perspective that, you know, your iPhone shows you that the other person read the message. Oh, okay. Um, but never replied. Gotcha. And you're like, well, I know you read the message. Why have you never replied? Right. And that's weird. It's kind of like the email that you send to a client and they never respond to it. And you're like, how many days do I wait until I follow up? And am I, am I in a spam filter or am I being ignored? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I've been there. Um, you know, those types of, you know, and going insane in your own head, trying to figure out what's wrong. So we, we went through all of those things, got to about 25, 26 chapters. Um, and then the books ended up being 18. So there were several chapters um, that we were like, well, that kind of overlaps that one a little bit. And, and I will tell you that for the sake of your editing purposes, I would tell you, write it as if you include everything mm-hmm. and don't start, don't start editing until you're, till you're that far in the process that you start taking things out. So I literally outlined the book with every possible chapter and the one thing I will tell you that is important for people to realize is the books, books are not written from page one to page 200, right? Books are, chapters are written isolated from other chapters. Um, right. And that's kind of what happened with me is like, you know, I'll 
get inspired to write a particular chapter. Or for instance, I tell tons of stories in this book about things that have happened to me. And sometimes it's a bad customer service experience at the hardware store. And I'm like, man, that reminds me of chapter 13, you know, and then I'll go back and I will go and uh, write chapter 13 or write those stories. in. so this looked a little bit more like a mosaic than it than it did a timeline. Um, and in that respect, things just happen through that evolution. So I don't know to tell you what the specific um, chapter was that got cut or what great content got cut, because I really did include a lot of it. Um, but when it got time to finish the book, what happened was the book would have been 400 pages if I would have finished every chapter. And I was trying not to make it that large. Yeah. Um, the question I get asked all the time read. is, so what's what's the follow up book? And, and I laugh. I'm like, I don't know. Divorce your clients. I thought about. Well, no, I actually <laughs> thought about marry, marry your clients. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we talked about some marriage things in here. And then I thought about date your family. Uh, <laughs> Meet the Fockers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, uh, the date your family book, which was all using your business prowess to learn how to deal with your home life. Yeah. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Is I think there's a ton of opportunity for follow-up books there. Yeah, right. Love it. Um, well, I want to encourage everybody that's listening, um, go check out Date Your Clients. Buy the book. If you're unsure, go to dateyourclients.com. You can download the first chapter of the book there. Uh without, without even having to put in an email address, uh, you click download and you get, you get it instantly. So, um, go check it out, read the first chapter of the book and, um, and then go buy it. And, uh, yeah, um, make sure that you keep this idea in mind guys that, um, dating or, or business relationships, taking your, your, your client through that journey of prospect to customer, uh, and then ongoing is is just like dating, and you can't skip steps. Uh, you can't walk up to the pretty girl across the bar, and uh, before you've even bought her a drink, get down on a knee and present her with a ring. It's just not going to work well. So, um, check out the book, Mark. Thank you for coming along. Uh, do you want to let everybody know how they can connect with you? Yeah, you already mentioned the Date Your Clients website. They can go to dateyourclients.com. Um, if anybody's interested in reaching out to me personally, I answer all the emails myself and my address is mark at dateyourclients.com. So easy enough to just email me if they've got questions. And if they're interested in looking into my agency, um, they can visit riseagency.com. That's rise, R-Y-Z-E, agency.com. Again, easier to just email me, mark at dateyourclients.com, and I'll give you a response. All right. Awesome. Marks, thanks for being on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Sounds good. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate the time. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.